In the entertainment capital of the world, the world. Touchdown, Las Vegas! It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Airs it out down the middle for Adams. Got it. Inside the 10. Devontae, touchdown. What a play on fourth down. It's time to get your daily prescription. Prescription. From the doctor. And a good Friday afternoon to you. Oh, yes, we are at our spot. The Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. The T.C. Martin Show, of course, streaming live, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, wherever you may be. And, of course, here in Las Vegas, your sports and entertainment capital of the world. You know how we do it here. Each and every Friday afternoon, it's a football Friday, where we handicap the college card, the NFL docket on Sunday and Monday, and, of course, our best bet segment as well. By my side, my tag team partner here, my bookend guy on Mondays and Fridays, but, of course, here at the Westgate, Marco D'Angelo from wagertalk.com. I don't know why I say wagertalk.com. You you are wagertalk.com, but... You're, you're on the T.C. Martin Show payroll, because I'm always paying you. <laughs> I, I had to look. at where, Where's those checks at? I, I missed that. You get straight cash here, buddy, don't you? Isn't that true? Uh, yeah, but not for the reasons you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, we've got plenty to talk about uh, here today. Like I said, NFL side, college side, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of sportsbook operations. He will join us as he usually does on Fridays, him or John Murray. Today, uh, Jay is going to join us. And then, of course, our best bet segment, which everyone looks forward to, especially Marco, so he can gloat after he goes 3-0 and on the college side. What did you do on the NFL side last week? I went 1-2 and two last week, okay. which is the first week. I'm right. 500 for the season. I did flip-flops both right. weeks. I had bad college first week, good NFL, and then last week it was just the opposite. So, mm. hey, we're... I always say I get better as the season goes on. I'm the type of guy that I need. Yes. I like to watch the teams, see, and digest the stats. You get more of a feel. You get, it's speculation at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, this team's going to be better. And I got to be honest with you, the transfer portal is really complicated, you know, handicapping life uh, at the beginning of the season. For college, these, yeah, yeah, college football, no it definitely has. And, uh, you know, you and I are on the same page uh, with that. It's like we both said last week that we really didn't, care for the card, especially the college card. And okay, we've got to find three best bets here. It's, it's going to be a little bit tough. And it was. Uh, this week, I like the college card much better. I'm the same way. And I'm, that and I was that way in week one. I was, that actually yeah. scared me because last week I said it was a tough card and right. I, I struggled to get to the three plays <laughs> and we go through it. And it goes to say, how many times have you heard me say, sometimes the best bets are the ones that are the hardest for you to walk up to the window and say. Those are the ones that seem to come <laughs> home. You know, the ones where, oh, yeah, I love this one from, from the word go. Yeah. You know, and you just, you know, you, you might even go back and hit it a second time at the window, you know. Sometimes uh, those ones that are easy, there's a reason they look that easy. Yeah, not to jinx anything, but I looked at both the college card and the NFL card, and I actually had to trim. I had to trim, like, say, from from five or four to three, where last week it was like, okay, i got to find three, you know? (laughs) It's like, but it is tough uh, early on in the season. And I said, that could be an advantage for handicappers, um, and you know, maybe you can make the argument too and talk to Jay Cornegay about this uh, advantage for the books as well too but you know, we saw the overreaction we talked about it on Monday the overreaction of like the Colorado Buffaloes yeah. and, and, and now we're in a situation like okay now look at this I mean, now they go from a, a 21 point underdog opened on the look ahead line last week against Oregon 14 quickly went up to 17, 17 and a half 18 and now we're at 21 the Oregon Ducks favorite over Colorado everyone's Cinderella favorite team. Oh, absolutely. But it goes to show you that as confused as the public is, I hate to say it, the bookmakers are just as confused as well. They don't know what to do with this team, and you're seeing the overreaction from week to week. The real story when we get Jay on is going to be the torture of the fourth quarter of last week's game. Yeah. I was, you know, We were in a group chat you know, earlier in the day, and 
I just, you know, I wanted him to win. I was rooting for Colorado State to win the game, you know, outright. You know, the, the bet was never in doubt, plus mm. the points. But when you get an underdog like that, you know, it's like, you know, it was like Rocky when he went to Russia to fight Drago. You know, the crowd, you know, you, you want to see him pull it off. And, yeah. But did you see the viewers? ESPN put something out about how many people watched that game. It was the yes. highest streamed yep. game for ESPN mm. in college football history. 100% attributed to Deion Sanders, too, because Colorado, Colorado State, I mean, are you kidding? That game over the last few years wouldn't even get regional television right. coverage, you know, with with ESPN's package and ESPN Plus. I mean, if anything, that would be on the ESPN Plus game. You had ESPN there. You had Fox there. Everybody was the, – because it was the big – it was a bad weekend mm. last week. Let's face it. There weren't any marquee matchups. Like this yep. week, we got – you know, I, we're going to talk about them, I'm sure. But Notre Dame, Ohio State, mm-hmm. that's a tough game to, you know, break it down and handicap what you want to do. But it's one of the games you want to watch and see. Um, another one, Florida State and Clemson is very intriguing. I know everybody's got an opinion on that one. To me, that's another one where are you going to look at the history and history's all Clemson, or is it the changing of the guard? Um, Alabama. When have you seen Alabama in this kind of matchup that big? That small of a favorite. There's so many things to talk about this week that will finally, I think, moving forward from this week, we're going to be able to separate some of the contenders from the pretenders. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely, I think, a lot more pretenders than contenders. I think that this is a year, and it goes back to the transfer portal for all of it. We've got parity in college football. Of course you do. Yeah. And when I was on a show earlier this week and they asked me about, you know, what's wrong with Alabama? What's on, you know, because you've never seen Alabama struggling for a quarterback the way they are right now. He doesn't know who to play. And I said, you know what? Blame the transfer portal and blame the NILs. Because before Alabama's, the Clemson's, they stockpiled all those four- and five-star recruits, and those recruits were satisfied and content waiting their turn. Do you remember Alabama had, at one time, on that roster, Tua, um, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, yep. and Mac Jones, right. the, th- the three of them at the same time, yeah. all in the NFL right now. Right Now you don't have, because what's happening is, People were willing to wait to get their shot because they knew that that was their stepping stone to get to the NFL and get their payday. Now they don't want to sit for two years and wait their turn at a blue-chip program. They're going to go take the transfer portal. They're going to get a, a nice little sweet NIL you know, that they're going to get cash in college, and they're, they're playing now. It's speeding it up, and I think that is what's bringing the parity down. No question about it, and it is the level of the playing field, and that's why dogs are more prevalent, and, and are, are bookmakers catching up to that? Do they realize that? And, and that's the thing. Uh, Colorado has 53 transfers. Think about that. 53 transfers. Okay, in a college football roster, believe it or not, you do have 90. You got 90 on there. It's more than half your roster, but you got to remember a good 20, 25 of those players never see the field right. during the course of a season ever. So um, it's, it's treated like an NFL roster where you play basically 53 to, to 60 to 62 guys on any given uh, college football Saturday or whenever they play. But yeah, it's definitely leveled the playing field. And to your point, and I talked about this the other day, this is one of the reasons why I believe, and I think other people believe as well too, why Clemson has struggled. Because Dabo Sweeney has not embraced the transfer portal. Dabo Sweeney is still doing what Alabama and Georgia, and you go back in the day, we always used to say Nebraska. Okay, They would just reload. You know, Go back 10, 20 years ago, just reload, reload, reload. And... Uh, that's what Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Ohio State and Michigan, that's what those programs have been doing. But now, like you said, you're, you get the, I don't want to say the offshoot programs, but, I mean, I'll give you credit again. I did on Monday. That was a great call. You had South Alabama against Oklahoma State. And any other year, that would be laughable, that upset. But no one's even really talking about being an upset, even though Oak State was favored by eight and a half in that game, but South Alabama has a ton of transfer portal guys. Texas State, most people can't even say where Texas State is, but again, they've got 45 transfers, and what do they do? They beat Baylor and beat them handily. 
Texas State. Who are they? You know, what's their mascot? I don't know. Bobcats, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, had to look it up. And I asked Houston Nutt. We had Houston Nutt on the show. Mr. You know, Texas down there, right? Where's Texas State? He goes, I'm not sure what city. He goes, we know the state. That's it. Yeah. never. But that's one of those. Never worried to recruit against those guys. That's one of those ones, though, that we always talk about. You know, I use the phrase when you get like a Texas State and a Baylor, it's a big brother versus little brother. And it's all little brother is always pumped because they want to slap big brother for one. And two, in many instances from the past, the people that are at Texas State wanted to be out of Texas, out of Baylor. And, you know, they were told they weren't good enough. It got passed over. So they have a little chip on their shoulder. That's why I like to, you know, look at those type of teams. But you talk about transfer port. Notre Dame get, get Sam Hartman. Yeah. He is absolutely, you know, lighting things up. Granted, they haven't played anybody yet. So this will be the test this week. But go to Washington. Look what they're, you know. Yeah. Washington, I haven't seen Washington this good since you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself because I was I was a Washington fan. I always liked Pac-12, even yeah. when I was on the East Coast. And you know, one of my favorite things always, and, and I've told you, was New Year's Day watching the Rose Bowl. Sure. The granddaddy of them all, you know, me and my dad. That was you know that was the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, pork and sauerkraut on New Year's Day. Although the whole tradition is Don you, James. You had the pork and he had the sauerkraut, right? No, I had it all. <laughs> I had probably three meals that day, yeah. the, the, the main meal and then, you know, yeah. pork and sauerkraut sandwiches yeah. at night watching the games. Oh, that's good. Washington, yeah. Michael Penix Jr. This kid is for real. And he's putting up, you know, video game numbers. He's got wide rec- He's got so many targets. Yeah. That team's going to be hard to stop offensively. But we know what the Pac-12 yeah. Can they stop other teams whenever they go, you know, when you step up in, in company? So it's going to be fun to see what happens before the Pac-12 gets blown up. Uh, and and the and the Pac-2 are playing great football right now in Washington State and Oregon State, and they're going to face each other yeah. this week. But back to Michael Penix Jr. Again, he was a lightly recruited guy. He went to Indiana. I got a chance to watch him at Indiana, uh, but he was often injured, and that was a problem. And then when he goes to Washington, then he's injured again, but he finally has surrounding talent. I mean, he never had explosiveness. He had a couple wide receivers at Indiana, but their defense was just downright awful. And and even though he was pretty good, they would hang for a half against Ohio State or, or, or Michigan, but then they became Indiana again. So I think for him, uh, he's really grown. And if you've watched this guy for the last four or five years, you can see that. Um, but still, I think he's his success is a product of two things. One is the talent that uh, Washington has assembled, and then second of all, the schedule. They yeah. r- really haven't, uh, you know, no one's really played anybody of any substance at this point in time. But for week number three, for us to get the matchups that you're talking about, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and obviously that's Notre Dame's an independent. That's not a conference game. But you're getting conference games. All right, you're you're getting Florida State and Clemson in week number three. Mm-hmm. It's that's insane, you know. Ole Miss, Alabama to play this early, it, very intriguing. UCLA in Utah, Pac-12 game. Uh, that's that's a monster game as well too. So and then of course you know Colorado and Oregon, but then again the Oregon line is you know, is favored by 21. I think that is is really interesting because like I said, Colorado is everyone's darling right now and. And there are going to be people that play Colorado in this game, but you can see why the line is 21 if you really match up yeah. these two sides, especially when you look at the Arizona off, or rather the Oregon offense versus the Colorado D. Yeah, and go back to game one, you saw TCU go up and down the field on Colorado in that game. You know, the knee-jerk reaction in that game is, oh, there's going to be a ton of points in the game and take the over. I, my concern is if Oregon gets the big lead and they start running the football down their throat in the second half, you know, kind of like, you know, the basketball games when you get the, the bench in there, you're just trying to, to get to the finish line. That could hurt the over. But what might be interesting is check out the team total on Oregon because I think Oregon is going to get their share of points. Yeah. And then, you know, they might, you know, put the brakes on later, but they're going to get points early and often. That might be like the, the bet right there. All right, T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo live here at the Westgate inside the Superbook, our Friday home. And uh, occasionally on a Thursday, 
little programming note right now. Next week we will uh, be here on Thursday because I will be on the road with the Aces and uh, the semifinals uh, with the Dallas Wings. So we're going to do the show here on Thursday. We've got a good Thursday night football game next week as well, too, with the Packers and the Lions. So uh, just a little program, you know, with that. Nubchuck's back in the studio, and uh, we're going to hit the NFL college football and be uh, previewing all of the big games area for you today here inside the Superbook. So come on down, say hello, get yourself a drink, the best sports book in the world, the largest, and of course, non-smoking as well. All right, but before we get into the football, let's get into the breaking news. Earlier today, the WNBA announcing the postseason awards, and it happened. Asia Wilson, named Defensive Player of the Year for the second consecutive season, back-to-back for Asia Wilson. She's also the MVP from last year. The MVP award will be announced by the WNBA coming up. Uh, in a week and a half, right before the finals uh, begin. And we firmly believe that Asia should be the MVP, but there's a lot of talk out there that it could be Brianna Stewart. We've already seen some of these WNBA awards uh, be questioned with the Coach of the Year award, as uh, Stephanie White was given that award from the third-place Connecticut Sun, and Becky Hammond led the Aces again to a fantastic season, even a better season this year record-wise than last year, leading the league in victories and having most victories for a team in a single season in WNBA history. And Becky Hammond finishes fourth in the Coach of the Year voting. Just, it makes you shake your head and like, wow, why why would you do this? So that's why, you know, when some of these awards come up, going, okay, are they trying to spread the wealth here? Asia Wilson definitely deserves the Defensive Player of the Year. She got it today. She definitely deserves to be the most valuable player, and hopefully they honor what our eyes have seen all year long with this, not only the stats and the numbers, but just the common sense factor. But uh, I know Asia, and we've talked about this with her so many times, she was, more, I want to say more proud, maybe just as proud, I think she used the term more to me when she got this award last year because that shows improvement in her game. To be the Defensive Player of the Year, MVP is all around, but she has really worked on all aspects of her game. I mean, her scoring, everything, her shot blocking, but the defense and the shot blocking really have come into play, and I'm so happy for her getting this uh, back-to-back. And honestly, Marco, I mean, you've seen enough games now. Um, The way Asia's playing defensively, this award should have her name on it until she retires. It, there's no question she's earned it. And a lot of the, the teams that have given the Aces trouble this year were, players, were the teams the were the, tournament is now resuming. The, uh, <clears throat> the ones that did it uh, physically, that beat up on her. The Liberty played her very physical this year. You know, there were a lot of hard fouls inside. You know, they, they made her work for the game. So... Kudos, her. My question to you: I know that they're staggering the awards out. All the ballots in, or is is voting still open on? You no, know, ballots ballots closed at the end of the regular season, so they're sitting on it. So, uh, which, if you're saving the biggest award till the finals, you know, then the playoffs does has no swing in it because sometimes you could you know right you you could say all right you know this was a you know a two-horse race so to speak and you know one of them just had a, a phenomenal uh, you know playoffs and swayed the vote but no you're saying it's closed so mm. why hold it <laughs> why why hold the award because of the drama again you don't want to okay so you have basically six awards that you're dishing out and they announced the most improved player yesterday and today was the defensive player of the year. So there's, they're, they're holding back. The coach of the year was announced, uh, you know, early in the week, I believe on Monday. So same thing with Major League Baseball does, and they wait till the off season until the you know week or so after the World Series is over because they want to stay relevant. They want people talking about their sport. As far as the WNBA goes, uh, at least they're doing it now and not making you wait until after the season is concluded. And everyone's forgotten about it. Again, I, I'm not a big uh, proponent of these awards being regular season only. Mm-hmm. And I see why they do it because if they're, well, if a team doesn't make the playoffs, then, you know, they shouldn't, you know, they'd be judged on shorter games. But for the most part, 
what's the ultimate goal here? Is to win a championship, go deep in the playoffs, lead your team to that. And but then they balance that out by having a finals MVP. Right. So I get that. But it just seems like the WNBA wants to spread the wealth, which is ridiculous. It's like, well, we don't want the Aces to have all the awards. Well, if they're deserving, <laughs> yes. I mean, look at last year. They got a lot of flack, believe it or not. Coach of the year, Becky Hammond. MVP, Asia Wilson. Defensive player of the year, Asia Wilson. Um, six player. Six, six player of the year, right? Uh, most improved player, Jackie Young. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, what's wrong with that? But they deserve it. Now, granted, uh, sixth player of the year this year, Alicia Clark, she got it, deservedly so. Asia Wilson, defensive player of the year, deserved. Coach of the year, Becky Hammond, fourth. 60 votes are out there. She got 60 first place votes. She got three. She got three. And what's more of a joke, Marco, is that People want to say, oh, the New York Liberty. Well, they're, they're better than the Aces. And, it, you know, we have this East Coast bias. And there's a lot of rumblings going on, you know, back, you know, 3,000 miles from here in New York, right? Well, Sandy Brondello finished third with six votes. Latricia Trammell, in her first year with the Dallas Wings, finishes second. So the number three seed coach of the year, number four seed runner-up, Number two seed is finishes third with six votes. And the team with the best record and most wins in the history of a season, fourth with three first-place votes. It's a, that's a joke. It's a travesty. I agree with you 100%. We, we kind of disagreed on Monday. I said that, like, you, you know, spread the wealth around, that sometimes, you know, they, they move around and it shouldn't be that way. Let me ask you, because I don't remember, I didn't follow the WNBA like I did this year. What was Dallas's record last year for the new coach to come in? How much did she turn that team around that she got votes? Uh, they were 500, and they were below 500 this year, you know? And they made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, eight teams ago. You got to remember, this was 12 teams in the league. So, you know, <laughs> like the Chicago Sky, they were, what, uh, four games below 500, they made the playoffs. You know? All right, so then that, I thought maybe, you know, they made a big, you know, big turnaround no. from, you know, no. from last to, no. to and, the playoffs. And, 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 and that's the thing. The Connecticut Suns record was 27 yeah. and 13. 13 losses? Aces 34 and 6. Yeah. If you would have told me that the Liberties, uh, New York Liberty coach won it, I would have said, sure, okay, I, 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 can, yeah. I can see that, yeah. you know. But they think, yeah. well, they bought their team because they went super team route. You know, they went and got Brianna Stewart in free agency. They traded for John Quell Jones. They uh, free agency got Courtney Vandersloot. So they, uh, they kind of built this team, unlike the Aces, where this is their grassroots team. Sure, they added, added Candace Parker, but Candace Parker played a third of the season yeah. and was never healthy. The entire season. So if you look at it like that, and again, when, once it comes to the MVP award, and the reason why there is already a debate, because the Associated Press handed out their MVP award a couple days after the regular season ended, and they gave it to Brianna Stewart. And we're looking at this like, what are you talking about? A Asia Wilson had Brianna Stewart in majority of the, of the stats, and she played 200 less minutes. Right. That's five games, minute-wise. And now Becky Hammond is kicking herself, saying, well, if Asia doesn't get MVP by the WNBA, she goes, I'm going to feel pretty guilty because I'm resting her in fourth quarters. She goes, we could have blown people out by 40 and 50 points. But here we are, 20 and 25 and 30, and okay, I'm, I, I'm letting her sit for majority of fourth quarters. Oh, I know. <laughs> you, you know, I know. But I had some team totals. <laughs> and Kayla George wasn't sixth player of the year? No. <laughs> but Alicia Clark was. The, some of those fourth quarters were, they were very trying with everybody that was on the floor. Mm -hmm. One, uh, most of the time in the fourth quarter, the, the aces on big leads had one and a half scorers on the right. floor at a time. That's it. Dallas 18 and 18. Last year, 22 and 18 this year. Okay. Some improvement, but not, you know, it's, it, it didn't move, you know, it wasn't earth shaking. Yeah. 
Right. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk uh, plenty of football here. And then, uh, of course, Jay Cornegay will join us, the Vice President of Sportsbook Operations here at the Superbook. It is a fabulous Friday. Hang tight. Remember, next hour, best bets. Trevor Maddich will be joining us from ESPN. And uh, we'll dial it up for our three best college plays, three best NFL. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, the Dr. T.C. Martin. It is a football Friday, of course, here at the Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. Love being here. And, of course, the action of plenty. We saw it last night with the uh, 49ers taking care of business over the New York Giants. And, Marco, I thought that was a great spot for the 49ers. Uh, The Giants coming off this big, not only emotional win, especially after getting drilled by Dallas 40-0 in week one. But you go to Arizona, you fall behind 20-0. And the New York Giants gave up 60 points in their first two games before they scored their first point. <laughs> Think about that, because they were down 40 to nothing, right? Or they lost 40 to nothing, down 20 to nothing in Arizona. Then they were down 28 to 7. And they had to rally. Sure, they were still on the road. They didn't go back to New York, but just three days off basically. And, you know, went to San Francisco early. And the 49er team just is so dominant on both sides of the ball. I thought that was an easy spot for the 49ers. The 10 and a half kind of scared me off it a little bit. So, of course, you know which direction I went. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> going to the fourth quarter, it was yeah. an eight-point game. Yeah. But, you're, but, but, but it was thoroughly dominated. Right. Though. You're looking yeah. at it. How is it possible that it's an eight-point game? Mm-hmm. I got to think that I know there were some sharps that went with the Giants last night, but I got to think the 49ers were not a good outcome for the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of money line parlays, mm-hmm. a lot of teasers. Everything that you could do to start the week off. I know that was a big popular bet uh, as far as Survivor this week as well, too, because of the spot that you said with the Giants. The uh, NFL did them no favors. They do these two on the road like they did. They go home for one, and they go right back out for two games in a row on the road. Right. All right. A good friend, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of uh, Race and Sportsbook Operations here at the Superbook, joins us. Jay, what's going on, my friend? Well... You're right, Marco, that uh, result was not good for us, but it's a Thursday night game. So if that game would have been played on Monday night and you still had all these carryover yeah, parlays yeah. going to the 49ers, of course, it would have been a huge loss for us. But it's this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, when I look at the scenarios on Thursday, I send it off to our executives, you know, they're like, oh, we look pretty good. I go, yeah, yeah. we do. It's first game <laughs> because there's no parlays carrying over yeah, to right. that you know, game on, on Thursday night. So, uh, but they're all there now. <clears throat> they're all just hanging there. And, uh, you know, they're going to go into the Saturday's games, Sunday games, and, of course, Monday Monday night games. I, I, I love that double header. It does kind of spread it out a little bit for us. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we just have one game, let's say it's the Rams and Bengals play on, on Monday night, and we know the Bengals are struggling. But let's just say Burrow was healthy and they weren't struggling. Think of how big that game would be for the books. And with all those parlays carrying over, you know, to the Bengals most likely. Uh, luckily for us, um, the Bucks have shown some life. So that's kind of slowed down, you know, the action on the Eagles. And the Rams have played pretty well. Stafford's played very well in the first two games. And Burrow's really struggled. So uh, both of those games... I feel like are, are going to be somewhat even mm-hmm. um, as far as the action, and that's kind of like what we'd like to see around here. But uh, we were a loser last night, but it could have been a lot worse if it was on Monday night. And, and to that point, okay, first of all, it's not a doubleheader. <laughs> and, and, it, it's ridiculous, okay? It's not. It's a, oh, people, is it like staggered by well, an hour? Yeah. An hour. It's 4.15 and 5.15. Okay. And so that's what I want to ask you. You're showing both games here. It's... Okay, it just seems weird. Okay, if we're, the the two the two games on a Monday night. Okay, how did you like it compared to when you had a four o'clock start or a four fifteen start and then the seven thirty start? Because remember, that's the way they would kick off the Monday night football season. Yeah. Oh, I like them spread out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that, because that's, that's the true carryover that you're talking yeah. about. Because you you can't carry nothing over with those two games because they're going almost simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better for the betters as well. Yeah. I mean, they like to see how they're doing the first game and then you know double up or 
you know, chase. Play, chase, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chase, yeah. the old chaser game, you know, Hawaii. Uh, but uh, we all, I miss those days. I know, right? I, 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 you know, I think every sure. while or every Hawaiian game, right, should yeah. be on TV. Every single one. And I know it's on that Spectrum Network or I, whatever. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. But uh, anyway, how about the uh, guy's been doing the play-by-play for a hundred years yeah, too? Yeah. That guy's oh, great. It's, it's like I remember when. Timmy Chang yeah. played there for like seven years. Yeah. It's like every my wife would wake up and goes, "Timmy Chang is still there." <laughs> Do you know what Ch- Timmy Chang is doing nowadays? No, he's the head coach in Hawaii. Oh, is he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's still there. He's still there. There he is, Timmy, Timmy Chang. T- Timmy Chang for life. You yeah, know? Rain- uh, Rainbow Warrior. That's good stuff. But that's definitely the the ultimate uh, chaser game. Yeah. Okay. Well, I realized when the two games start, one started an hour early, so mm-hmm. that got the sound. But when the second game started, which Pittsburgh-Cleveland, not that I'm biased, a little bit. The better game did, is the later game. Yeah. yeah. So you switched the sound yes. to, the, to the other one at the start? I did get a really from my guys back there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, really. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, we're switching it over. Uh, yeah. Just a lot more interest in, in that game. And I mean, the Saints, God bless them. Okay. And Panthers, not so much. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Browns, Steelers, uh, Steelers, of course. Uh-huh. I can you imagine what it's going to be like this weekend over by Allegiant? You know, yeah. I mean, just yeah. a lot of. I'm going to say sixty percent black, black and gold. And gold. I, I'm, I'm going. Sixty. I'm going at least six. It's a high number. Wow. It's a high That's number. That's a big number, especially for a Raiders home opener. Now December, I would go with you with that because people are fed up if yeah. the if the Raiders aren't. Performing well, and we saw that last year with the with the 49ers when they came in at the end of the season. Like, wow! Yeah, I I think it'll be uh, 60 40 Raiders. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, yeah, but that's a good yeah. point. You know, going later in the season when oh, yeah. the Raiders are five and nine. It's true. <laughs> it's true, and we've we've seen that. Like uh, people dishing off Hopefully their tickets. Hopefully not. You know. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a good good matchup. I, I was a little surprised at that. That opening line. I saw some openers. I don't know if you saw that, Mark, but um, Steelers won. And I'm like, wow, that looks off to me. Then next thing I know, the Raiders are two, two and a half. Right. So, um, are, no, you, are you getting good two way action on that so far? Um, it's it's just warming up. It yeah, really is. But uh, it is two way right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. All right. So we have to talk to you about what we <laughs> talked about last week: um, Colorado and Colorado State. Uh, Okay. And uh, live dog those Colorado State Rams. Mm. But how about was there some heartbreak for you? Because I I know betting wise you were going to go Colorado in the first half, but mm. you are a Ram, Jay Cornegay. You are a Colorado State Ram at heart, and they dominate. I'm going to say I'll use the word dominate for about three quarters of that game. They were in firm control. And then they end up losing in overtime. That had to be a heartbreak. I really want to know where your emotions I were with text, that. Almost texted you, give you yeah. just a welfare check. Make it sure you're okay yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. It was, it was a, a emotional middle. <laughs> was it a roller coaster? Yeah, it for was you? like you know. Not only did I lose my bet, but my team lost after teasing me yeah. for you know. 58 minutes. Yeah. I I was telling, I was texting with a group of guys, uh, and a couple of them went to CSU with me, and we were like, when it was fourth and two at midfield, we were like, I think they should go for it. I go, that's two yards. They don't get it. I just feel like we're going to play prevent defense, yeah. and they're going to go down and score, and we're going to go to overtime. Um, of course, we didn't think that after the punt went out on the two-yard line, <laughs> uh, but before the punt, we were saying, go for it. You go for it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the first overtime, they could have gone for two, right? right. And uh, they, you know, they thought they were, I mean, you're right. They they controlled the game. I'm not sure. But they certainly controlled the game. The yeah. stats were in favor of, of the Rams. And, you know, it was it was pretty good. I know a lot of people are talking about you know, the late hit. And I was like, well, there's pretty much a late hit every football game. Yeah. Um, you know what? The Rams went out there and they hit them in the mouth. And let's just see how they reacted. You know, I give him credit for coming back. You know, making that. I mean, he is, uh, Sanders, the quarterback, is tremendous. He is really, time. really good, and I, I tip my cap to him. But uh, heartbreak. 
Heartbreak Hotel. <laughs> I turned off the lights and I went to bed. <laughs> you know, Colorado State, and we talked about it last week, they were just sick and tired of hearing the hype and they showed up. And I think that's where the, they had a lot of penalties. But again, I think that was not that they're dirty players. They're not because you wouldn't, you don't see them getting a whole bunch of penalties when they play UNLV or other Mountain West Conference teams. But they were just so fired up, I think. And then they were having success, and they, hey, man, we could pull this thing off, and we could really shove it down their throat here in Boulder on the road where no one gave us a shot, 24-point underdogs, as they, the emotions got the best of them. That's what I think. It was, I don't think it was yeah. a dirty play. It was, again, you know, hey, I'm going to go lay this guy. I want to send him to the hospital. Not at all. It's just your adrenaline is going, especially when you're winning the game. Yeah, I I thought the hit was, you know, definitely late. There's no doubt. It yeah. should have been a penalty, no doubt. But it, I, he didn't go after the head or anything. Right. Was he, it targeted? He, he gave him a, a, a pretty good chest bump, yeah. and it turned out to have you know, be more serious than we thought. Right. Uh, I saw a pile of drive that I didn't care for, but I also saw things on the other side that people were not talking about. Mm. Um, do I, There's no proof that the coach went out there and said, Hey, let's go injure. Let's you know yeah. injure these guys. You know, obviously that would come out in today's world. Someone in that locker yeah. room would have said, "Lick, look how I filmed the coach saying this." Yeah. But no, uh, I, I I think they were very fired up, and I think other teams are going to be like that too. They're they're tired of this train. They're tired of seeing you know <laughs> coach on you know how they're different. I mean, Oregon's going to be fired up tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> all right, they're going to be fired up. USC is going to be fired up. I think other teams in the Pac-12 are, you know, they have, you know, you know, uh, bulletin board material. That's yeah. what I want to say. Yeah. Bullet, the, bullet, they have material. They've got motivation yeah. to, to, to shut this train up. And I think this is a really bad spot for Colorado. I mean, mm. talk a little bit about the line movement. We know the look ahead of the line was like 14, then it was mm. 17 early, in the, you know, now, t- you know, 21. Um, are people just hammering Oregon here, or has this no. line has this line said, you know, okay, wait a minute, now this is a little out of whack here? Are you still having these Colorado backers? Yes, we are. Uh-huh. I, it's one of the more popular sides of the weekend so far. Mm. You know, they're taking twenty one, like, <laughs> like I don't know, like they've won already. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's amazing, but uh, yeah. So it has a you know, Dion has an influence, you know, on the the betting market. Let's just say it. Yeah. I mean, he he's out there pumping these guys up. The results, they're getting by. You know, I, I thought they could have easily lost to TCU. Um, Nebraska had a couple of butt fumbles, turn it over in the backfield right. three, three times on them, just by themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they turn it over, and then CSU put them right down to the wire. So how good is this team? I think they're very much improved, especially offensively. Sanders, like I said, they got a couple of playmakers, a lot of speed, but their defense is not great. Uh, Sanders, I think, has been sacked like 15 times or yep. something like that. Yep. You know, one of the the biggest uh, counts in the country, I think. Uh, it's close to 20, maybe. But um, So, I think, and not to mention that these teams are fired up to play them. Mm-hmm. They're they're tired of hearing all this, mm-hmm. and so CSU was, mm-hmm. and CSU is not that great. Yeah. You know, CSU is probably a five win team. This is by far the toughest opponent that Colorado has played as of yet, and then doesn't get any easier with USC. And again, you're going up to Autzen Stadium there in Oregon uh, in Eugene. It, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I know that. People are, if they want to lay the 21 with Oregon, they're going to say, hey, I, I have no value here because, you know, could have got this last week and less than a, you know, a touchdown less. Are you going to be involved in this game or has the line scared you off? Uh, I lean to Oregon, but I don't want to lay the 21. Yeah. I, you know, I probably would have got in at 17. I don't want to go here. Like I told you, the play that I might consider is taking team total over on Oregon because they're going to get their points. Mm-hmm. That's that's for sure. I don't trust taking the full game over because as I told you, if Oregon gets a big lead, they're going to be content mm-hmm. in running the clock, keeping it moving, and get the game over. Right. They don't want to give them the opportunity right. to have that comeback. But segue for one second. 
we're talking about Colorado this whole time. How does Colorado State get up to go across country and play Middle Tennessee State this week? Yeah, they don't. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be a very, and that's a good very, football team, too. A, yeah, Middle that's Tennessee. a very... I mean, it's a very disciplined team. They're not going to beat themselves, and and that's like the perfect formula for you know the Rams to walk into and totally be flat, yeah. right? I mean, they're still talking about that defeat. They're still talking about how they just let it go. It's like you guys got to go to Tennessee and play a team that doesn't have a name brand, right. which works against them. It might be different if they were going to go play, you know, somebody like. You know, somebody with, uh, you know, maybe the Power Five uh, conference, you know, get up for. But they're not going to get up, you know, for this team. And they're just, I I think they're going to be really, really flat. I think it will be a real good test for that coaching staff. And just, you know, they might lose. But if they get blown out, I'll be very disappointed that the on the coaching staff because that's, this is all on coaching. Right. They need to get these guys up. Forget about what happened last week and get up. And uh, I don't know what is that a two two and a half point game? So it's up to three. It's it's one of yeah. my best. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk yeah. about it later. No, it's a it's a good call. And I also love your call on the uh, total for Oregon, just the team total. Yeah. What is it by? Do you know? I think it's probably around forty five. I was gonna say, doesn't this doesn't this have doesn't it have like fifty six twenty written all over it? Yeah, it's you know? it's gonna be high think that, uh, up yeah. there and um, fifty one twenty. I know that they like that. didn't have any mercy on Portland State. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went down and played, uh, what, Tech? And yeah. that was actually a very competitive game. Yeah. You know, and I said, well, you know, I don't think CU's that good. Mm-hmm. I think they're, like I said, but yeah. look at TCU. TCU had their hands full with Nickel State, mm-hmm. you know, right after after their yeah. loss. I mean, that's... These are conference openers, too, you know, which uh, yeah. you know, Oregon's yeah. going to be really fired up for that because it is a, a conference opener. Jay Cornegay joins us here at the Superbook, the Westgate, Las Vegas. All right, let's talk about, uh, real quick before we get to the NFL, other major line moves or where's the action on the college side for Saturday? Any other seen some action? Um, no. Well, we're starting, guys to see, gonna we're starting to see some, and it's more public money. Uh, Ohio State's getting a, a lot. Florida State got some uh, support by some uh, sharps, um, and um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember, but uh, some of the na- name, I mean, it's not typical to see like your like top games of the weekend, which is a pretty good slate tomorrow. Get solid action for both. Just you know, yeah. the public's always going to hit it, but we actually got some sharps playing. Uh, some of those sides as well, you know, rather than Middle Tennessee State, like this yeah. Sharpie yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, but that that hap- that's what we normally see. And uh, but they're playing some pretty, uh, you know, um, big names uh, that you don't normally see. So th- I thought I thought that was interesting. Marco, you can only bet the teams if you know the mascot. <laughs> you got it? No. Which one? Wait, wait, wait. Middle Tennessee State. Yep. Five, four, oh, three. Two, one. <laughs> Survey said. I can't remember. Blue Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> That's your team you're betting on. Those are the rules, man. Come on. I just look oh, at the, the uh, schedule number. <laughs> I'll take uh, 824. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually I'm pretty good at that. Do you guys remember how? I mean, you guys been in t- how long you been in town, Mark? Uh, I moved here in 2008. Eight, okay. Yeah. My second stint, so I was here ninety-two to ninety-nine, and then came back in twenty fifteen. Okay. I remember you, guys, you back at the IP. So come do you on. guys remember <laughs> a gentleman named uh, Montana Mel? That, uh, Montana Mel. He used to hang out over by okay. Little Caesars. He's a great guy. He was just, but he knew every nickname. <laughs> For all, the, all right, oh, I, I mean, take he, him on. He was like little I'll five, take little five dollar better. Yeah, okay. And he hung out with the bigs, you know, yeah. whether it was at Little Caesars yeah. or the Stardust. I'll take the Raging Cajuns. I'll take a part of the $5 parlay. Give me the Raging Cajuns, the Blue Raiders, the Scarlet Knights for five. Five, yeah. That's what it would be. But well, he, would, he would just go like this. We'd, we'd just name a team, bang. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Stardust. I can remember from all my trips coming out here, oh. Stardust was the first book that would bring the lines out back, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. That bank 
of pay phones. phones. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you come in from the oh, back, yeah. that goes right into the. Oh, store. I use them. Oh, yeah. those, <laughs> you, those were the. Me too. <laughs> those were the busiest phones, probably in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you weren't allowed phones, cell phones, in you know, the sports books back in the day. Yeah. Everybody on there fighting to get as soon as the lines come. How about out. people want to rob those uh, those payphones? <laughs> lot, yeah. lot, lot of change in there, <laughs> all hours. No question. <laughs> uh, there, to... there was a little sandwich place right there. Yeah, right when I you know, walk and, into and the left. McDonald's is still actually McDonald's yeah. is still there, right? Yeah, yeah. You just go across the street right there. And there was a Tony Romo's. There. Tony Romo's inside. Tony inside. Romo's. Oh, so we yeah. used to we used to do yeah. the start we used to do the Stardust line over there, you know, the radio show, and that was kind of like our, our thing. We get done with the show, Tony Romo's afterwards. Yeah. There it is. Full rack. You got that right. <laughs> Don't forget the onion loaf. Oh, yeah. Get oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, fantastic. NFL side. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some of these games, really? man. What, what do you got, man? Where's the uh, movers? Where's the shakers? I I personally like the Raiders. I do like the Raiders. I also like – I think the Ra- I think Burrow is really hurt. I, and if he goes out there and tries to play um, – I think the Rams. I, I know that this is a really good spot for the Bengals. That this is like do <laughs> or die. Are you on the Rams parlay this week? Yeah. Uh, no. Rams. No. Rams parlay. No. <laughs> no Rams. Ram- no, no. Definitely not. <laughs> if I'm going to bet that other game, it's the Blue Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jay's uh, going to have his blue and silver on Saturday. Raiders um, might be the right side, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a ton of teasers to Pittsburgh on Sunday. Oh night. yes, hmm. and it's probably going to come down to the wire. Um, I, what about the Vikings Chargers? I feel that that's a very interesting game to me. It I, is. I mean, I think the Vikings play pretty decent ball at home, you know. And I and Cousins has been great. I, I thought they had, you know, a tough game against uh, the Eagles. They shouldn't have lost against Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay got played very, very well mm-hmm. in that game. I think it surprised the Vikings a little bit, but uh, I don't know. If, are they gonna? I mean, they're new signing, right? They just got. Um, uh, acres, but right? he's not going to play. He's not playing, right? Yeah, they say yes. Yeah, it's, it's too soon. Here's the Vikings. They are such a letdown at home. I mean, they they're not a good home team. They really, yeah, they're they, not. They're they not. were on it's the right side. Wise, they yeah. are. Yeah. They were on the right side yeah. of every wise. close game last but year, you, and it's re, it's regression. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But from That's a cover true. from a cover mm-hmm. side, they're not good at home, and they haven't been for, in this Kirk Cousins era. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a tricky game because I am very hesitant to, to play against the Chargers because of Justin Herbert. Right. You know, I, I'm always hesitant with that. But then when you look at you know that defense, it's like I'm with you. I'd like to play Minnesota, but these are two teams that I have a hard time getting right. You know, they're both very, very inconsistent. And if you would have said at the beginning of the season, after week three, one of these two teams is going to be 0 and 3. <laughs> yeah. You would have, yeah. Ne- there's yeah. no way right. that you would have thought that. Right. And one of them will be. Yeah. Unless they play to a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Which could happen. No I, doubt. I know the Sharp guys are on the Falcons. They like the Falcons over the, the Lions. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't really have an opinion on it, but. It's the Lions' mo. You bet with them as a dog, against them as a favorite. It happened again last week, but you know Atlanta. The running game. If they, the longer they stay in the game, that's the more dangerous they are because they can continue that running game, and they haven't had to throw the football and put the pressure on Ritter. Let's see what happens if if Detroit does what they have done so often and get two quick scores. All of a sudden, that that negates that running game. Yeah. You know, so that's the problem there. And you've seen the line come down on that one. It's hard for me to think that uh, Detroit is going to lay an egg at home back to back weeks like this. I, you know, again, that Seattle game was was kind of weird the way that unfolded in the second half. And I just feel that again we were talking about the Lions coming into the season as as being a better than average team. They're, you know, again getting better from last year to this year. I would like to play Detroit, and I look at this line because I'm still not a believer in Atlanta. And Bijan Robinson is fantastic. I mean, for the first through uh, the first two weeks, there's probably not a better running back. You know, right now, the rookie from Texas. But I just, I, I was very close to putting the Lions on my best bets. But 
It's the Lions. <laughs> Talk to any Lions, yeah. long-term, long-time Lions fan, and they're going to tell you, you, you say it's hard to believe. No, it's not hard to believe. They've seen the movie. It's like watching Groundhog Day over and over on yeah, Endless but Loop. We know them. this is a, a better Lions team than we've seen in years past. they got better talent. You know, When you're able to sign some decent free agents, it, Detroit's never been able to do that. And they've been able to do that. And, but then again, Goff, never been a Goff fan. <laughs> so... Uh, willing to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt maybe this week. That was but, his first interception in right? like how many uh, I know. pass attempts I know. last week. So, uh, St. Brown playing? He's got that turf toe? I think he's supposed to and play. That's a yeah. key factor. That, I mean, that line huge. is all the way down to three. Yeah. But there's that's in, cheap. But it's injury injury related, like you said. Yeah. You know, Detroit's got some injuries. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, other NFL uh, stuff here. The Patriots have owned the Jets, as we know, 14 in a row that they have beat them. Uh, obviously, the, the Jets' love is obviously dissipated, right? <laughs> so, uh, but then again, you know, the Patriots are not the same Patriots team. So, how do you see this one? You know, the, the Jets are trying to figure this team out. You know, it's such heartbreak and, and all these high expectations. And then you just take the the soul right out of this team and uh i i just don't know how long they're going to be able to keep up and and watch you know zach throw that ball around i mean just he's just horrible how long how much i i just think that just drains the team of energy hope does you know absolutely i just don't see it i i think the i don't think much of the patriots but i would have to i i rarely take or bet on. I don't care what the spread is. I do not like to take the the team with the worst quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Doesn't and it's it's only two and a half. I would have to. I would, Jones is far superior than than Wilson, and that's how I would probably look. Doesn't at Doesn't this it. have underwritten all over it too? Two very good defenses. It does yeah. have under all over it. And again, talking with the spread at two and a half, get ready. As ugly as it is, you'll you're going to get teaser play there because. Points are going to be at a premium in that game, and if you can tease it up through mm. the you know the three, the four, the six, and the seven, yeah. that's going to be the advantage players taking that side of the teaser, and it makes sense. You always want that. You got it. Live here inside the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas, Jay Cornegay, my man. We appreciate it as always. We'll let oh, you get get back to it. Pleasure. Huddle, yes. huddle up with the crew. You got a busy weekend here. This, this was a nice little break. Thanks, guys. <laughs> nope, you can hang out with us anytime. You know that. All right. Don't forget, Aces 2 o'clock, game one. Oh, yeah. Aces and wings. And then right over to Allegiant Stadium. That's awesome. Back to back there. Back to back. So yeah. Why is the big break? Huh? What they take? Television. Oh, Television. Gotcha. Television rules everything. ESPN, right? That makes sense. You know? Every game's got to be on ESPN okay. or ABC. Yeah. All right, get over here to the Westgate. Come see Jay Cornegay, John Murray, the entire staff here. Do a fantastic job here in the Superbook. Come out here, check out the game Saturday, Sunday, Monday. All right, we come back. Best bets time. Trevor Madge will join us. We'll start breaking down some other of the big college games coming up here on this fabulous Football Friday. Streets.